Welcome to Imposters Anonymous. To any first time listeners, as always, I highly recommend you take a moment to jump back to the intro of the project. It should be listed as a trailer for the show at the bottom of the list of episodes in your podcast player. It's only about seven minutes long and provides some pretty important context about the nature of this show, its aims, and how it differs from most. So again, I advise you starting there so that the premise of this project isn't totally lost on you. One final update. I will begin trying to incorporate the audience's questions into episodes, both for recordings with recurring guests as well as solo Ask Me Anything episodes. So if there's anything you'd like to hear discussed or you'd like me to speak to specifically, please do give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter and send your questions. The audience isn't huge here, so there's a good chance your questions or topics will be featured. If you have anything at all, don't hesitate. I'd love to hear from you. And on that note, thanks for giving this a shot. And I hope you enjoy the episode. You don't know how lucky you are being a monkey. The past is just a story we tell ourselves. Welcome to Imposters Anonymous. Cole, thanks for doing this. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Brandon. Thank you so much for asking me to join you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I certainly appreciate you making time for it as well. So I'm definitely excited for this conversation. So to to jump right in today, I I know in this particular time, certainly can be probably said about many times as well, but Right now, I feel like there's a there's an overwhelming kind of societal, uh, I guess, feeling. I would say that there's there's no shortage of reasons to be maybe discouraged by the emerging challenges we we face as a society. And I'm just curious, off top, if there's anything that stands out for you as as a source of optimism, because I know for a lot of people that can be hard to find right now. Thank you for that question. I love it, Brandon. I do acknowledge that the last two years have been, almost two years, have been extremely challenging. You know, challenges that we have not faced as a collective global human species. And while there's been so much tragedy and loss and, you know, negative impact on the economy, um, you know, all of the other things, you know, that have underpinned the pandemic or perhaps bubbled up as a result of it, I view as very positive, you know. So we think about Black Lives Matter. We think about, you know, generally caring and wanting to take care of each other in ways that we haven't before. I think this time has also offered us a chance to recreate, reinvent, revisit what matters to realize how little we need and how much we need one another, that human connection with one another. And lastly, I think it's been an opportunity, like I said before, for us to reach across, you know, our communities, our neighborhoods, our states, our countries 
to lend each other a hand, realizing that we all are absolutely connected. You know, what affects one of us actually impacts all of us. And I think that that's a mindset, especially in this country, that needed some fine tuning. So I see that as an opportunity. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I certainly, I certainly can agree on that front. And I guess on that front specifically, I'm, it's something I've been thinking a lot about as of late. And maybe there's no simple answer to it. But I am curious from your perspective, if you have any insight into regards to why we, we seem to struggle so deeply with recognizing that our, our only real opportunity to face some of these really daunting challenges that we, we have to as a species is, is through a true sense of, of global humanism or a collaboration or just on, on some level getting on the same page and acknowledging that there's, there's no way through this that, that isn't uh, unified. But I, I know it's, it's much easier said than done, but I'm just to reiterate, I'm curious if you have recognized any sort of reason or pattern, why that seems to be something that's hard to get people on the same page about. It's a really powerful question and I don't have all of the answers, but, you know, as part of my work as the founder of the Kindness Corporation, part of the work that I'm laser focused on is understanding how do we create that feeling specifically in business, in the business world? How do we remind executives out there that, you know, big business has the power to positively or negatively impact every human being and the planet that we share. And those two things are not separate either. To answer your question and thinking back on the research that I've done and the questions that I've asked myself that are similar, where I've arrived is I think we just lost sight of what was important. By that, I mean, there's a lot of emphasis that's been placed, especially here in the United States, on you know, quote unquote success. So it's Mm -hmm. revenue, it's money, it's titles, it's stuff, accumulation of stuff, getting to the next place, um, defining and comparing ourselves to others because of the external validation that we have really developed, I think, an addiction to when it comes to social media. And I think Mm -hmm. that those things, when we spend time thinking about outputs of life, you know, the surface things, the titles, all of the other um, stuff that I've mentioned. And then we're really placing our inherent value on what other people perceive of us. I think it limits our ability to show up for ourselves in ways that are really deep and meaningful and necessary and consequently prevents us from showing up for other people in that same way. You know, it's, it's really easy, especially during COVID, as I've heard people say, you know, we're, we're, we've been so isolated. We've been so isolated for almost two years. And I reply to them by saying, I don't think we were doing such a great job before. We had mm-hmm. a different kind of isolation. We were isolated in what we needed to do as individuals. We were isolated in our phones, in meetings, you know, in our own little bubbles. So, 
I think if we can adopt a mindset by drawing and reflecting on the last couple of years, seeing the power of people come together, using those social media platforms to generate something beautiful and good, something that is heart-centered, that is that is kind, that is human, reminding ourselves that every small decision and big decision alike has an impact on another life and that they all add up. I think if we can get back to that mindset, to that spirit of we, that other countries still very much have, I think we'll be a lot better off and maybe that gets us on our way to making decisions that are collectively more beneficial, more kind, more human, more sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you certainly make a, a, a rather valid point in regards to the the sort of unprecedented influence that large organizations, companies of, of all sorts, really, in America specifically, the influence that they now have. And I think it definitely can't be underestimated what some sort of large-scale change in in philosophy and in intention could could mean for society as a whole but i think something i'm i'm certainly curious about especially given your experience in in the corporate world and the i guess general societal expectation that large corporations and organizations of that sort don't seem to care right that they don't seem to be concerned with maybe the broader picture the the larger scale implications of what they put out into the world or what sort of message they're really sending and i'm just curious if if maybe that's something that you can speak to at all from your experience and and maybe how that's changing or has the potential to change sure i mean let's take a look at facebook for instance, the Facebook empire, the meta empire, as it now would be. And, you know, what's not lost on me, and it should not be lost on anyone else either, is that, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and his team have 2.8 billion people on their platforms, 2.8 billion people. Mm -hmm. So as I think about Facebook's ability to really positively impact and influence this global world, <laughs> 2.8 billion people. It's, it's, it's yeah. mind blowing. I mean, there are only 7.8 billion of us on the planet. So you do the math, but if mm-hmm. they, if they paused for a moment and they said, okay, you know what, we're going to focus on the good that we can do instead of the money that we can bring in, because I do believe it's possible to be kind and profitable at the same time. I know it is, but they have gotten so laser focused on the revenue side of things, the advertising side of things, that the motions that they have created, you know, we, we've all heard the news story, right, around their algorithm was created with the intention of increasing response, increasing usage of the platform, but at the risk of the demise of individuals and ultimately societies. Mm-hmm. Now, the turn of the dial there is Facebook has the opportunity, just like every other company in the world, big and small, to revisit who are we, what do we stand for, 
What do we want to share with the world? And why does it matter for the world? I mean, those questions are really important to me, at least when it comes to business. And if they paused and they did that, they would understand the profound opportunity that they have to really put something positive out there into this space, into people's minds and hearts. And they would actually have the power to create in the same way that they're creating division now and anger and fear. Now they would have the opportunity to replace those things with love, with generosity, with kindness. It wouldn't be perfect, but it would be more positive. And I don't think the statement that all organizations have stopped caring is accurate. I think that what might be more accurate is that too many organizations, leaders in particular, have been caring about the wrong things. And Mm -hmm. they've been caring about profit. They've been caring about market share and the ability to compete. What I think they are beginning to now realize is that organizations are collections of people. I mean, any way you slice it, Mm. whether it's your mom and pop shop down the street making muffins or whether it is Facebook, these organizations are collections of human beings serving other human beings with this power to, you know, create or destroy. So for me, it boils down to let's shift what we care about. You can still care about being profitable. You can still care about competing, but you have to realize that your ability to compete, your ability to be profitable, your ability to thrive is rooted in how well your people are thriving, how cared for they are. You know, we we can look at the numbers around the great resignation. We can look at the millions and millions of people who are walking away from their jobs. A lot of them Gen Z's and millennials, but then some older folks too, you know, Gen X and boomers are walking away as well because they are exhausted or they are wanting something more, something better, something richer for their lives. Even if it means less pay, they want those hours of their day to represent more, more good, more we, and, you know, certainly there are other factors as well involved, but I I, I've just finished up some research that we've had ongoing for about a year, my partner, Magnus Witt and I, and these things were very clear when it came down to the expectations of people in business, the experience that people are having in business. And I think that any organization that truly wants to be viable in the future, or even right now today, Brandon, Mm -hmm. they need to point their attention to caring about the people. And it's just tuning the dial in a different way. So I'm not here to say that business is bad and leaders are awful and you know they're uncaring, you know, just sort of mm-hmm. demons there running these corporations. Right. I mean, capitalism is good. I'm a fan of capitalism. I'm a fan of conscious, kind, responsible capitalism that first and foremost considers people in the planet. So it's just shifting what we care about. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think it's, it's a point worth emphasizing. And, and I think to, to your final point there, it, it is quite easy to, to villainize the, the Facebooks and, and the Googles of the world, because there, there are a lot of inherent problems and in, in what's happening at these organizations or what's happening on these platforms. And they do present these unique and just incredibly large challenges that we aren't necessarily 
prepared for. And I think there there is often a a misconception, I might say, that it sort of has to be one way or the other. And then there has to be focus on the bottom line over everything else, or, or there has to be, you know, essentially a nonprofit, right? That is completely unconcerned with the bottom line or or any sort of actual growth and, and, and true enterprise and that those are, are sort of the there's no overlap there's there's no venn diagram there but i i do at least believe myself as well that 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 is not necessarily true and, and in some cases you will, you will obviously find outliers on the more extreme ends of the spectrum who who feel as though these things have to be separate but they're i do believe that there has to be a story there on this front and in many other fronts that I feel like are important in which we need change, that it is essential to be able to tell a story about how taking a more holistic perspective on these things and and accounting for the things that you are emphasizing here, caring about individuals, caring about longer term implications, really having this 360 degree perspective is what is ultimately also better for these organizations and their bottom lines, that, that there is a way to account for all of this. And it, it's, again, much, much easier said than done. But if there is enough societal change and there's enough desire from a consumer base and what people actually want to see and what people actually want to align themselves with and the sorts of purchases that they make, I, I do think that in time, there, there certainly is room for these organizations to pivot and and to focus on the right things, but that that decision itself is is, is certainly it feels as a as a consumer myself, it sometimes feels a little bit abstract and um, it, it's it's definitely easy to feel very removed from that and and to feel like you kind of have to cross your fingers and and hope that people behind closed doors are having the right intentions, which, which sometimes is a, is a difficult hope to have. Yeah, it can be. I mean, I, I think, you know, maybe I'm overly optimistic, but I'll roll with that because that's how I roll through life. I, mm -hmm. I know it's really easy to become stifled with fear, you know, overwhelmed with uncertainty. I also think that that is an opportunity for us to, choose where we focus our attention. You know, do we want to um, spend hours of our day, you know, watching news, listening to negative radio, um, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. reading articles that tell us the sky is falling? Mm -hmm. Or do we want to say, okay, yeah, I know that there are, you know, definitely big, big, big challenges in the world that require all of us to place intention around choices that we are making big and small. But let me also look for the good. Let me also look for ways that I as an individual can positively impact my home, my community, my, you know, team, my organization. You know, what are ways that I can begin? So we have to understand that there is not one sort of Oz presence that we are looking mm -hmm. toward to make everything right or give us permission to move forward. We have that ability right now. I mean, I really want people to understand that, that we have the ability in this moment 
right now to commit to moving through life with a greater sense of awareness, to mm-hmm. commit to, you know, making decisions big and small that will positively impact people around us. Maybe they are in our immediate sphere. Maybe they are, you know, living on a different continent. Maybe it's, you know, we're able to understand these things better because we take the time to become curious because the truth of the matter is I also think that a lot of people have gotten a little lazy. You know, we've gotten into the spirit of we want it cheap, we want it fast, and we wanted it yesterday, but we're not putting together that cheap, fast, and delivered yesterday all have implications. So, you know, it's not just about corporate values or government values. It's about individual values. It's about Mm. individual behaviors and mindset. And I mean, think about this, Brandon, 7.8 billion of us and growing every day. What if everybody made the commitment to leave everyone and everything better as best they could in every moment, knowing that we will not always get it right. We are human. But what if we did? What if we did? So now we can remove the constructs. It doesn't matter if we're in a home, you know, a synagogue, um, a movie theater, an organization, sitting on the UN. If we all can start right there with that commitment to leave everyone and everything better as often as possible, imagine just imagine all of the good stuff that comes out of that. So my message to everyone listening right now, don't wait for somebody to give you permission. You don't need it. You mm-hmm. don't need it. Challenge with good intention. Let that commitment to leave everyone and everything better become your compass that drives your words and your thoughts and your actions. Because one person at a time, we have the power to create so much magic. Mm-hmm. So much magic. And, you know, we don't have to overthrow governments or <laughs> do any of these things. We right. just have to start with our immediate circle and move out from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's certainly a powerful message. And, and I I very much agree that I think sometimes we are we are paralyzed. We we paralyze ourselves in a way. We we are driven towards inaction and, and apathy because it these problems seem so large and, and these problems seem so nebulous that it, it seems as though the individual has little agency or ability to to impact things of, of this scale. And I think we, we do often lose sight of of the impact that a single individual can have or, or what sort of ripple effect is, is possible. And uh, of course, at the end of the day, that's that's all we ought to really focus on. But I think we are often so overwhelmed by how much information we now have access to and how constant that is and how overwhelmingly negatively that is framed that it's it's certainly understandable for, for individuals to often throw their hands up in the air and feel as though the way in which they behave in their everyday lives has little consequence. But just to push back just a little bit on on one thing you did say, I'm curious, maybe a, a question that the audience might have when when you say leaving every situation, every every context, every day better. the The question that naturally arises there is, how do we define 
better and in whose definition of better are, are we abiding by? And I, I'm, I'm certainly curious for you, maybe even just on a personal level or also on a maybe transferable level to, to other individuals, how you sort of define making something better or what sort of compass you have as an individual to try to figure out how do I improve a situation? How do I, how do I actually make it better in a way that I can consistently apply across time? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I appreciate that. Thank you. Before I answer, I, I, I want to share one final thought when you were talking about becoming overwhelmed by problems. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that it can be difficult for any of us to individually understand that we have the power to influence, positively influence the challenges that we're facing. What mm-hmm. I will remind everybody is the challenges that we're facing started with one decision at a time that individuals mm-hmm. made. Now, some of those things have gotten us into spots that are not positive. Climate right. change, you know, racism, you know, inequality, um, just to name a few. And but but what I will say and what I adopt in my life and remind myself of every day is that if people one by one made these things so then we as people one by one can find solutions. Mm-hmm. So that is you know, really important for me that people hear that loud and clear because otherwise, what are we going to do? Throw our hands up in the air and say, I'm not getting out of bed. Somebody mm-hmm. else can solve it. I'm going to you know, just close my eyes and put my head in the sand and pretend it's not happening. That's, that's mm-hmm. not the way forward. Um, so I hope that message will be empowering. Getting back to your question about better, let me give you a practical example. Walking down the street, you know, on your way to buy lunch, meet friends, go to the office, whatever it might be, you pass a person who is housing challenged. They are hungry, they are tired, and you walk past them. Don't acknowledge them, you just walk past. Now, technically, you know, you're, you're not quote unquote harming because you have not done anything. You've just walked past, but you're also not leaving them better. So leaving them better in that situation would be, Hey, how's this day going for you? I'm walking to the restaurant down the street. I'd love to buy you a sandwich. Would that be okay? Would you like to come with me? Letting somebody know that you have seen them, letting somebody know that they are cared about, leaving their belly a little fuller, you know, um, letting them know that they've been seen, that leaves them better. Now let's flip this over to the context of maybe debating with somebody who doesn't share your political views. Here's another great example. So, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up or, you know, we're sitting down at the table with a bunch of people we love, friends, family, whatever. And all of a sudden, one of these humans that we love decides to share their very frustrating and outlandish political views with the table. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you might be sitting there, Brandon, thinking, oh my gosh, 
how in the world could this person be thinking this? Are they crazy? You know, all of the thoughts that go through your head. Do you read the paper? What's going on? Mm -hmm. So an example of leaving them better in that situation may be to challenge them with good intention, maybe to get them, give them an opportunity to dig deeper by saying something like, wow, that's a really curious way of thinking. Tell me more about that. Help me understand. So instead of you know, ignoring or fanning the flame and fighting, which you know is very possible when people disagree, we're meeting each other with curiosity, with the desire to understand where the other person is coming from, and then being okay with people having a different perspective, valuing their perspective. We don't have to agree but we value it. And because we've engaged in the conversation, instead Mm -hmm. of blowing it off or blowing it up, we have left them better. Maybe we've given them something to think about. Maybe as the words were coming out of their mouth, they realized, wow, I'm going to challenge one of these beliefs that I've held dearly. Maybe I need to re-examine this. So there are all sorts of ways, you know, if, if we go back to science that shows that we are all innately born to be compassionate, generous, and collaborative, and we think about leaving people in that place of, you know, have we amplified that goodness in them? Have we seen that goodness in them? Have we made a decision that does not cause them to suffer, that does no harm? Have we made business decisions that positively impact the planet? You know, we talk about taking trees down and removing habitats in the Amazon and other, you know, vital ecosystems from around the world. You know, do we really need cheat fast in yesterday if it's at the risk of, you know, tearing down a habitat? That's certainly not leaving it better. We mm-hmm. cannot replace the trees that we've torn down, but we can plant more. That leaves that space of the earth better. It leaves the people who are in and, you know, inhabiting those spaces of the earth better. It leaves the animals better. So it's about doing the most good, leading with that intention to do the most good wherever we can and certainly not do harm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I certainly appreciate you spelling that out a little more clearly. And, And I think those examples are certainly relevant because I guess the latter of the, of the two is is probably one that a lot of people will face this holiday season in, in some shape or form. <laughs> I and hope I think not. I hope not. I we, hope there are better things to talk about, but it could come sure. up. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and I guess whether it's in that form or not, I think it is a part of the reason that, that, that we're here today is because of the fact that, at least from my perspective, it, it is growing harder and harder for individuals to engage with each other on on a level and to jump back to what you said on a level of of good faith or good intention and it's it's something that i think a lot of people are out of practice on right now and it's it's becoming harder to do in a lot of ways because of how polarized society has has begun to grow for for a variety of reasons that we don't have to get into but it it is no small task to to really engage someone that you disagree with on a very fundamental level or at least what you perceive to be a fundamental level and to do that without any sort of a real agenda and, and to do it from a place of 
of genuinely wanting to help them and, and help yourself audit your own ideas and and better understand the the spectrum of perspectives that there might be on any given issue and the same could certainly be said about the the former example about encountering someone out in the world in which it's it's often hard to know exactly what is a a practical and effective way of, of helping an individual that is in need but at the same time you again can cannot ultimately paralyze yourself by overanalyzing what may or may not be optimal in a situation and and i think we all do have a certain intuition about what is quote unquote good and and what we are capable of doing for other individuals if we're willing to keep an open mind and and maintain good intentions and it might not always pan out and we might sometimes be taken advantage of but i think as long as it comes from the right place and we try to hear people we we try to see people and we again just try to keep an open mind and good faith in all of these scenarios i think there there is a, a positive outcome to be found but it's it's a very complicated world of course and and often as i have already said individuals get discouraged when things don't exactly pan out how they thought they would or their attempts at help seem to fall flat or their attempts at conversation turn into real conflict and it's i certainly have a lot of empathy for those who who find those sorts of circumstances to be to be things that that maybe push them in the wrong direction and it i think it is important to acknowledge how how big it is or how significant it is for an individual to to do those small things and and to take those small steps that might not get a lot of acknowledgement but are are certainly rather important and can at least create a sense of momentum within an individual that these these little steps continue to build and, and snowball into into an actual identity and an actual ethic of sorts that that is fundamental to to how someone lives their everyday life and i think over time that can become something that that certainly is is not trivial yeah i agree with you on all fronts and i'll you know i'll say a couple more things i think we have to let go of the need to be right my neighbor has this wonderful saying she said it's more important to be kind than it is to be right and man, when she said that, she shared that with me a few months ago. We were having you know, a situation in our local community that was very polarizing. And when she said that, it was a big light bulb moment. You know, it's it, it was explained so simply. But if we can let go of one of the words you mentioned, you know, personal agenda, ego, fear, uncertainty, if we can drop those things off, leave them at the side of the road and lead with openness, lead with love, we will develop trust with one another. It will not always be perfect. There will be times in our life where we are met with people who do not have good intention, but those mm. people will be far fewer than the people who meet us with the matched energy that we share. I also know that to be true. 
So those things are really yeah. important to remember, right? Um, let go of the need to be right. And let's liberate ourselves from some of the things that really weigh us down, the ego, the fear, the agenda, the uncertainty. Let it go. Let it go. Just move through life with curiosity because for me, Brandon, when we're able to move from a place of curiosity and kindness, love for other people, wanting to truly leave everything a bit better at the end of the day, then that tends to be more of what we see in the world and more of what we are able to influence in the world. And I'll tell you one last thing, and this is especially for you know people who are Generation Z. You know, I can't imagine what it's like to be a generation that has grown up with a, a screen in your hand. I, you know, when I grew up, I was yeah. climbing trees. We, nobody could find us. It was wonderful. We, you know, <laughs> bounced rocks across the creek and got lost in our neighborhood. And man, it was great. So there's been freedom that's been lost by this generation, which saddens me. But there's still choices that can be made. There are still choices that can be made. And what I know is that this generation is so passionate. You have the power to change the world if you can just reach out beyond yourself. Because the surest way to stop feeling stuck bad, negative, sad, overwhelmed, anxious, stressed out is to go and create some good. You know, the smallest thing that you can do saying hello as you pass a neighbor, you know, um, buying someone a bag of lunch, letting somebody come over when you're in traffic, waving them through and wishing them a happy day. (laughs) They're small things, but those things create really wonderful chemical reactions in our body, you know, dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin and all of the really good feel good stuff. And then that stuff begins to stockpile and it replaces the cortisol and the adrenaline and the stuff that keeps us feeling stuck and overwhelmed and sad and depressed and anxious. So reach out in some small way, extend yourself in some small way. And, you know, maybe it means for some people stepping outside of their comfort zone. But try something small when you feel especially stuck and see what happens. And eventually that behavior of one small thing, then another one, then maybe something that's a tiny bit bigger will replace the paralysis of you know, being on your couch with your face in your screen, wondering and caring about what everyone else thinks or how many likes you have or followers you have. None of those things matter. What matters is how you show up in your real life and the impact, the positive impact that we can have on everyone and everything around us. That's life. Like that's the real stuff. The other Mm -hmm. stuff is just an illusion. So I, I, I really want the younger listeners to hear that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful point and, and I think needs no, needs no real extension. I think you, you said it very well. And I think generation Z or, or not, I think all people really need to hear that. And it's, I don't think it can be understated how, how significant it can be to, 
to take a small step like that and to how powerful it can be for any individual who's struggling on any level to focus on small things to to help others and the sort of the sort of momentum and just honest genuine good feelings that that can come from from just little little acts of i guess we'll, we'll say kindness as as has been a theme today but i i know you have a bit of a hard stop coming up and i certainly want to be respectful of your time so i'll i'll leave you with one last question and, and you can be as brief with it as you'd like or as suits your time but given what we've discussed today and i guess sort of the the corporate implication of some of this movement that you've been speaking to i'm just curious if there's anything that any particular organization that maybe comes to mind as sort of a, a case study that the audience might be able to look more so into or, or hold on to or even just a you know proof of concept if you will that that there are organizations out there that care and that are are making strides on this front um is there anything that comes to mind yeah i mean gosh i would have them look at a couple of different things brandon um firstly look at the rise in b corporations over the last year in particular the b corporations for those people who are not familiar it is a rating a certification given to companies based on you know sustainable practices and governance and mm. responsibility and all of these wonderful things and they are rising in number it's a very tough certification to achieve and you know people have to hit a lot of gates to be granted the certification but the fact that people are working really really hard i think mm. is such a beautiful thing and i really see that as being the future of business um more and more and more of that which is great and as far as particular companies go there are so many there is you know a wonderful company down in guatemala called adelante and they are makers of shoes which sounds like a small thing but i happen to love shoes and mm -hmm. one of the commitments i made and this goes back to individual not acts of kindnesses but choice of kindness you know kindness action or kind action it's choice every time intention every time. One of the choices that I made was I'm not going to buy any shoes, firstly, that I don't need, but also I'm not going to purchase them from, you know, a factory where people are suffering or materials are you know, being um, secured in ways that are not sustainable. Mm -hmm. um, so I've discovered this wonderful little company and they are doing some really cool things. They are um, they hire artisan craftsmen who get paid directly. They are fully committed to sustainability. You know, it takes quite a while to get a pair of shoes because they don't <laughs> stockpile them. They yeah. are handmade for you, which is really beautiful. But more importantly, they have created an index for, it's, it's called the, um, and I, I might get this wrong. So Adelante, forgive me if I do, but it is about living well. It's, it's a wage index that, allows people to live well, not just survive. And it was based on information they secured from the World Bank. So, you know, mm. you have people coming to work, you know, with the ability to share their skills and expertise, its value, just so unique to people. And the shoes are not being made by machines or may be made by humans. And then 
they're paid a really beautiful wage for the work that they do so that they can mm. live the rest of their lives very well. Patagonia is a company that's been doing this for ages. You know, they are, if, if you own a piece of Patagonia clothing and you, it rips, you are, you know, climbing a rock and you get a snag in your jacket or you rip your pants because your dog pulls you down on the street. You mm. can send your pants or your jacket or shirt or whatever it is to Patagonia they will repair it for you at no charge. And if they can't repair it because it's too far gone, they'll replace yeah. it with something for you. But their whole jam is let's not create more. Let's repair what we have. Um, you know, let's mm -hmm. really monitor our impact on the earth. So I would say to people, if you want to follow these trends, take a look at the B corporations and notice the rise of those. And then also take note of the numbers of companies that have committed to you know, organizations such as 1% for the planet, where, you know, portions of companies' profits are going back to um, create practices that and efforts that actually do some good for this place that we call home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll certainly be sure to link the things that you just mentioned in, in the show notes for anyone who's interested in, in potentially learning more about those organizations and, and supporting and being a part of, of what, of this overall movement that, that, that you've spoken to. And I, I certainly appreciate the answer as well. It was, it was quite a generous one, but yeah, I, I again, very much appreciate your time and, and what you've brought to the audience here today. I, I've really enjoyed this one and and certainly it has left me with some, some things to think about and, and some things to potentially act on. So Cole, I, I've really enjoyed this and I, I very much look forward to doing it again sometime soon in the future. Thank you so much, Brandon. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for this podcast that you are airing. Um, it's very human and it's important. And I know that it's helping so many folks out there who, you know, are trying to figure out who they are. And even if they're 50, 60, 70 years old, maybe, you know, who am I, what can I bring to the table? What can I offer as I think about life and myself and others and what sort of impact can my life have on this world? I want to leave people with that thought that every single person has the ability to create good, has the unique opportunity to create good in every moment. So don't wait for somebody to give you permission. Go out and just look for something small, some small choice that you can make that will make a difference for someone else that will leave someone or the space around you just a bit better. Let's start there. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think that is the perfect place to stop. So again, Cole, thank you. And thank you all for joining. And we'll see you again soon. So if you've made it this far, hopefully it's because this project has resonated with you in some way and added value to your life. And if so, it would be great if you could take that next step to do any of the things that people are always asking you to do. Subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, share with a friend, give us a follow on social. I know it can feel like a chore, I get it, but it is all rather simple and easy, <laughs> a lot easier than listening to this whole episode. So any support really does mean a lot to me and goes a long way towards helping this show and its message grow. 
the simple fact that you're still listening at this point already makes this whole thing worth it for me. Anything else is just gravy. Remember, again, please do send your questions and topics to at ImpostorsAnon on Instagram and Twitter. I welcome them all and would love to hear from you. And oh, if you could be interested in coming on this very show, shoot us a message. Seriously, there are no requirements. I'm always looking for new guests with unique perspectives. I don't care about how many followers you have or where you went to school, and I certainly don't want to read your resume. I just like having interesting, candid conversations. So why not? You're all already a part of this project in my eyes, but I'll give it a rest for today. Thanks again. Your perspective is valuable, and I'll see you next time.